Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. I hope you're having a great week. Today has been, well, not today, but this week has been good. It's only Monday. (laughs) I realized how absurd that was when I was actually thinking about what day it is, but this is the second week of school for my children, and it is the only year that they will all be in the same school, and they don't have to do anything but take them, and I'm doing my whole new science experiment where I don't look at my phone, my iPad, or any technology in the morning, before school, and after school. And for the first week, that went really well, so I'm kind of impressed with myself, but it's those long-term habits that are tricky, so I'm going to try to keep it up. Today, I want to talk about something that had been discussed again in my private Facebook group, and If you're not in my private Facebook group, you should join it. It is called AT, Parenting Kids with Anxiety and OCD. The AT stands for anxioustoddlers.com, which is my website, which if you ever listen to me at all, I always talk about how I hate that name because I am for everybody. But this episode actually is for toddlers and preschoolers. So my name is appropriate for this episode. So woohoo. I will leave a link below in the show notes to my private Facebook group. If you are like, wait, what? She got a private Facebook group. I don't know about that. I do. And there's a lot of activity in there. That group is growing by leaps and bounds. And let me see how many people are in there now. Every day it grows. So I can't keep up. We are at 767 members And I have a few requests that I haven't approved yet because I'm too busy talking to you. So definitely go over and join that. Um, That's a great group of really supportive people. I make a huge effort to make sure that it's only positive. So even though people are talking about their struggles, there's always a positive slant to it. There's always solutions offered and nobody squashes anybody. Knock on wood. I got to find some fake wood. Here, I found some particle wood in my office. (laughs) So it's been really good. And I, I am very diligent at keeping it that way because I want it to be one of those Facebook groups that people are like, Oh my gosh, everybody is so nice and supportive. And they are. And a lot of times I get my ideas from that group because I hear what the group is talking about. And then I think, wow, because a lot of the times I'm like, Oh, you should listen to this podcast. Oh, you should listen to this podcast. Or I have a YouTube channel too, which if you haven't checked that out, you should not like it's the Natasha commercial show, but I do have YouTube channel as well, which is linked below and it's called anxious toddlers parenting survival for all ages. And I do do videos that are different than the podcast, but anyway, I often will respond to people in that private Facebook group because it's so hard to answer things in a thread. Like I, I write like novels in my threads anyway, because I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just need to explain this to them in a way that will make sense. And then I write these like big responses to people, but often, even with that, like there's no way I can really teach someone step-by-step something that I want to help them with. And often I will have already said that in a very long, I love podcasts because they're great because I can ramble like it's a therapy session and I can tell you 
what I would tell a parent sitting right in front of me in a therapy session. And I don't feel rushed. And so I'll often link like, oh, you should listen to this podcast or you should listen to this podcast. And, um, and even my YouTube videos, I try to keep them a lot shorter because that's kind of YouTube's, it's kind of the way YouTube is. They're shorter videos. So this is really where I ramble on the most, but sometimes there'll be things where I'm like, I don't have a podcast to offer them. And what I want to tell them, I can't tell them in a quick thread. I really want to go into it a little bit more in detail to do it justice to really help them understand. So there had been quite a lot of talk about OCD and young children on the private Facebook group for this past week and in the past as well. And I I really wanted to have this episode to talk about what OCD looks like in little children and then how do you help young kids cope with OCD because how to deal with OCD in general is really hard and exhausting. But then as a parent, what are you supposed to do when you see OCD traits in your little child? And often they're not diagnosed because either the pediatrician has kind of this wait and see approach. Oh, that's normal. Don't worry about that. You know, toddlers do that. Or you're nervous. And so you're kind of like, I don't really want to bring this up to anybody because I think this is normal. And my friends are telling me it's normal. So whatever. Or you know, because you either have OCD or you have relatives who have OCD and you know what this is and you just kind of don't want to deal with it. Or you don't know how to deal with it because you're like, okay, everything I read online tells me how to deal with it, but it's all directed at kids who are a lot older. I mean, any literature that you find, any books on OCD, even um, what to do when your brain gets stuck, which I love, by the way. And if you haven't read that, I'll leave a link below. So even with what to do when your brain gets stuck, that's an awesome book for, for every child. But it is a little bit too advanced for toddlers and preschoolers. I mean, some of it's relevant. And I really feel like you can take her ideas and her concepts and you can apply them to your younger children, but you're going to have to do that. You're not going to be able to just read that directly to your child and really have it make an impact on your child at that young age. And so I want to talk today about six ways to help your child, because I believe the more proactive you are, the better. So what does OCD look like in little kids? Let's start with that. I do have a full article, which I will link below that I wrote forever ago that goes into just all the different signs uh, that a lot of times parents miss that are OCD. So that's not specifically for young children, but it would be helpful for you to read so that you know what you're looking for in general. But with younger children, I find that OCD looks a little bit different. And I think that's why it gets missed because I can see it like a mile away and I can see it in my children when they're starting to show OCD tendencies early, early on. But I don't think the average parent knows what to look for. And here's the caveat. Actually, a lot of times kids do look like they have more like OCD behavior and it kind of merges and smushes. Yeah, those are very clinical words into just pure anxiety. So you can have a child, like a really young child who has a lot of controlling behavior and the kind of behavior I'm going to be talking about. And that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to have full-blown OCD. They might move into just more general anxiety. So I'm not labeling your kids 
with OCD, a lot of professionals may feel really uncomfortable diagnosing a really young child with OCD, but there are some clear, obvious cases of OCD that I've worked with when the child was even just two or three or four, and you just really can't even like argue it. It was just so obvious, but there are other kids where it's subtle. Anyway, go to a professional if you're concerned. And I think the earlier, the better. So no matter what I'm telling you today, if you're having a concern and you're listening to this because you're like, oh gosh, I have this child who has a lot of similarities to blah, blah, blah in my family or to me. And I know what this looks like. I know what it is. Then don't wait, you know, go really research for somebody who specializes in OCD and somebody who specializes in infant and toddler mental health. You want to like use those search terms when you're looking for a therapist. If you have a really young child, like a toddler type in infant toddler mental health, and then you're going to really find the professionals in your area that truly specialize in that because that's the language that infant and toddler mental health specialists use. So it might be a little tricky to find an infant and toddler mental health specialist who also specializes in OCD That could be a little bit tricky, but that's kind of ideally what you're looking for. So a toddler who has OCD tendencies, I'm only going to be talking about tendencies because I'm not here to label, can be very controlling. Now, the hard part is toddlers in general are super controlling, but these are toddlers who want you to do things in a certain way and will have a huge meltdown, a very big, long meltdown if you don't do exactly what they say exactly or do exactly what they want when they want it. For instance, kids with OCD or anxious behavior, they might tell you, mom, I want you to sit here. Well, and they don't have that language. (laughs) And I'm not going to do my toddler imitation. You already heard some pretty strange imitations in the past. So, but they might make you sit in a certain spot. They might make you use a certain hand. They might want you to hug them and they might actually literally take your arms and control your arms in certain ways. Um, And I'm not talking about autistic kids because they tend to do that too. I'm talking about a child that's showing no autistic tendencies, but they're having these incredibly intense controlling issues. And they might line things up. Now, toddlers do line things up, but they line them up and they go berserk if you move something. Now, my oldest child did that and she had a lot of sensory issues and she you know, doesn't really have OCD issues. So take that with a grain of salt. Some kids who have anxiety do line things up. But you know, at bedtime, that's a big one. You have bedtime routines and these kids move into bedtime rituals. And so they might want you to say, I love you back in a certain way. They might want you to kiss their cheek in a certain way or at a certain amount of times. So I'm not going to go into way detail about what it looks like because If you have a kid that you're already dealing with, you already know this, and this episode isn't about diagnosing or even um, helping you differentiate different signs of OCD. It's about what to do. How are you supposed to help with these kids? So let's get to that. Okay, for starters, I'm going to say things that I always say, but I'm going to like, I'm going to toddler them down (laughs) because you really want to do the exact same things, but there's two things that are going to be different. One, your expectations have to be different. Because when you're dealing with a toddler or preschooler, you are planting seeds. You are not farming. You're not taking away any fruits from your labor. You are literally planting seeds. And that goes for parenting too. So you have to have the expectation that you are putting work in and you're going to see the fruits of your labor way down the road. But that if you didn't plant these seeds, I'm going to keep going with this analogy. (laughs) 
you're not going to have any crops later. And so later your child has full-blown OCD or full-blown anxiety and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't plan anything. So now I have to, and now I'm playing catch up. So that's why it's really good to be proactive, no matter what you want to call it. Or if you want to, you know, say, well, it could be a phase. It doesn't matter. There's still things that you can do to help. You're not going to hurt your child by starting to roll up your sleeves and do some of the things that I would recommend you do anyway with older kids. It's going to help. So name it. I always talk about naming it. If you listen to anything I do or anything I say, I always say name it. And actually a lot of anxiety and OCD experts who work with kids have the same philosophy. Name the anxiety. It's not even a baby thing. Just do it. So you can call it Mr. Bossy. Um, you can call it whatever your child wants to call it. Some on our Facebook threads, we're having people are talking about what their kids call their OCD. And it's really cute because kids come up with very cute names. So, and even with anxiety, I talk about naming it. So name it no matter what, but I do like something a little bit different for OCD. I do like Mr. Bossy or Mr. Bully because Mr. Bossy is the best. If you have a really young child, because they get bossy, they know what bossy means. So that's part of their language, their vernacular. And they're going to get when you say Mr. Bossy, and then you want to talk about how Mr. Bossy works. So you can say even to little kids, like three and four year olds, you're just giving, you're just laying down the seeds for them to understand this. And so you would say, you know, Mr. Bossy is telling you that you need to have it that way, but you don't have to have it that way. You could do it this way. We don't always have to have the red cup. That's Mr. Bossy. Mr. Bossy wants us to always have the red cup, but we need to tell Mr. Bossy that he's not always in charge of you. So you start to personify Mr. Bossy and you start to talk like that. Mr. Bossy says you always have to sit in this seat but you don't have to. Mr. Bossy's not in charge of you. Wouldn't that be funny if you sat in the other seat and told Mr. Bossy that he's not in charge? So use that kind of language. That really helps. And your child isn't going to get it. So just understand that. But what you're doing is you're creating a foundation of learning from the get-go. Like your child is learning how to, you know, spell their name and they're learning their ABCs or reverse that. Probably they're learning their ABCs and they're learning how to spell their name and they're learning about their OCD all at the same time. That's very helpful because little kids are sponges. And so when you teach them early, they learn quicker and they learn more effectively and it sticks a lot longer because they are more open to learning. Their brain is more open to learning. Their brain is, has a lot of more neuroplasticity and is more open to being altered and changed. And that's a great opportunity. That's why they say teach zero to five-year-olds language because they can learn a language so much quicker than you and I. They should all be in some sort of foreign language from zero to five, not in high school. It doesn't make sense because our brains don't work that way. So after you've named it, you want to explain how it works in very simple terms. Like I just talked about with Mr. Bossy. And so you want to say to kids, you know, Mr. Bossy, we all have a Mr. Bossy. You can kind of normalize it. And then as they get older, you can explain OCD and you can explain maybe a little bit about the biology of OCD. And I'll talk about that some other podcast, but they're going to have questions as they get older. They're going to say, I don't have a Mr. Bossy. What was that about? And then you're going to have to take a more developmentally appropriate approach at that time. But then you want to explain right now with young kids how it works. So you want to say, Mr. Bossy, we all have a Mr. Bossy. And sometimes he lies to us and tells us that we have to do things that we don't have to do, or that we have to worry th about things that we don't have to worry about. And then you say to them, when you do what Mr. Bossy wants, you make him bigger 
and he gets stronger and he, he'll bother you about more things and he'll want you to do more things for him that don't make any sense. When you ignore him and you don't listen to him and you do the opposite of what he says, or you don't do what he says at all, then he gets really small and he doesn't get powerful and he won't bother you as much. Very simple, same exact approach that I take for anxiety, nothing different, but you want to lay the foundation for your child to understand this. This goes for anxiety or OCD at this point, but then you want to call it out when it shows up. And this is the same approach I take for older people, but with younger kids, they're not going to get it. So you have to understand that there's not going to be like this aha moment where your child's going to be like, I totally get OCD and I want to fight OCD. No, they're toddlers and preschoolers. They're not going to get it. You're just laying the foundation. So when your child wants to go back and wash their hands the fifth time, you might say, Mr. Bossy is making you think you're not clean, but you were clean the first time. And he's been lying to you and making you wash your hands all this time for no reason. And I can't give examples for every scenario that's probably going on in your house because they're different for each person, but you get the point. You want to highlight to them that what the action that they're doing, that's a compulsion is a Mr. Bossy. And so all you're doing is connecting the dots for your child. And that's huge work in and of itself. So you're laying, I feel like I keep saying that and that's probably, I should stop saying that you're laying the foundation, you're laying the foundation. But I keep saying that because I want you to know that there's not going to be a huge change in your child's behavior for a while because you're just giving them the language and you're teaching them what, how to differentiate a Mr. Bossy behavior from just a regular behavior or a regular need to do something. So up next, I'm going to teach you how to teach your child to fight back, how to not feed into their OCD and how to start setting up some small little OCD challenges. Stay tuned. That's what's up next. You're listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more parenting support, check out Natasha's parenting e-courses on a variety of topics. Each parenting e-course includes a series of teaching videos that can be watched at your own pace. For more information, visit anxioustoddlers.com forward slash parenting hyphen videos. Welcome back. So let's get to the last three. So you want to start at least offering the option for your child to start to fight back. So when your child insists they ha- they do something that is a compulsion, let me try to think of an example. I guess we'll go with the hand washing still, even though that is probably the least common compulsion for really young children. I'm just, I just can't think of examples this morning. I'm so let's just go with that. Cause I'm like in a very non-creative OCD mood, I guess, but you would say to your child, you know, you don't have to listen to Mr. Bossy or like when you see your child about to go wash their hands again, you would say, you don't have to listen to Mr. Bossy. You can fight back and make him smaller. So that gives you an idea. You just want to highlight it. You're not forcing it because they're really not at that stage yet, but you want to highlight it when you see him. Now, if your child is starting to get upset with your language, they're getting upset that you keep talking about Mr. Bossy. They're getting upset that you keep talking about fighting back, then scale it back. You have to read your child and you don't want to torture them with your gusto to squash this when they're not there yet. You have to kind of meet their pace. And so you have to be respectful of that. But one thing you can control is the next point I wanted to bring up, which is you don't want to feed into the OCD. Really, if there's anything I want you to take away from this episode is this point. So if you're zoning out, you're exercising or you're driving and you're like, la, 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 Natasha, la, 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 tune in 
because I'm about to say something that's really important. (laughs) Don't feed into the OCD. Do not accommodate it. This is so hard for anybody. I get that because toddlers and preschoolers are already dysregulated. They are already really difficult little beings because they're moody and they're emotional and they can't handle things. That's normal. But then you add OCD on top of it. And oh my gosh, that's a nightmare, right? And so when your child is like, you know, mommy, sit here, mommy, say this, say this back to me, mommy. No, you didn't say it right. Say it this way. And you are like exhausted. And so you're like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did that or exactly the sentence that they want you to say or, um, okay, I will hold your hand because that's what you need right now. Um, and not for an anxiety thing, but for a compulsion or, um, I will sit in this chair because you told me to, or I will say, I love you back in the exact same way that you want me to, because it has to be done exactly that way. Or you won't go to bed. You don't want to accommodate and give in to the OCD as much as you possibly can. And I know you're going to be like, Oh my gosh, you're killing me, Natasha. Trust me, it is like a mosquito itch. You itch it and it's going to get infected. It's going to get bigger. It's going to make your child sicker. Don't do it. Because the more you give into the OCD loop, the bigger you make OCD. OCD is a neurological issue. And there are neural pathways that are developing in your child's brain. And the compulsions are starting to build a highway in their brain. That's how I equate it. That's why I talk about it in my OCD course. I'm almost done with my OCD course, which I'm very excited about because I have been working on this thing for months because, sorry, that's my computer and I'm not going to take that out. (laughs) I've gotten very lazy with this podcast. Um, But what I was trying to say before I was rudely interrupted by my computer is, oh yeah, I'm almost done with my OCD class. And I'm very excited about that because I was like, I am going to make like a kick-ass OCD class and I'm going to take my time and I'm not going to rush it and I'm going to make it interesting because I wanted it to be very engaging. And so I wanted to make like videos that were like little mini movies while I taught you so that you can get a really good visual. So I spent a really long time on this and I came up with a very unoriginal name for it and it's called Parenting Kids with OCD. Totally original, but I'm almost done with it and I'm going to make the first part Um, a totally free seminar. I'm not sure what I'm going to call it a free class. I don't know, but you'll see the beginning part and that will just come out as something that everybody can access. So if you're interested, I didn't mean to go on about this, but if you are interested, I will leave a link below and you can get an email and sign up for the email so that you can sign up for my email so that you get notified when it opens. Because normally when I first open a class, the first 48 hours are like half off. So it's, and I never do it again. So it's a really good thing to get on my list because I'm actually very, very, very proud of this class. Cause I think it's really good. And it's going to go into a lot of detail, a lot of what I'm talking about now and a lot more detail. I actually, I actually walk parents step-by-step step on how to do therapeutic stuff, you know, like things that you would get in a therapy office. Cause I feel like some people can't go to therapy. Some kids don't want to go to therapy. And also when you have really young kids, wouldn't it be cool if you just knew all of this before anything started? And so you were armed with all of these tools and skills and you could do it at home. So that's what's going on with that. But you don't want to feed into their OCD because as I talk about in my class, the neural pathways of OCD are growing in your child's brain. 
every time your child does a compulsion, they're going down that neural pathway and they're paving it deeper and it's becoming more routine and it'll be difficult or more difficult to fight as they get older. So you can't freak out and force your child to not have compulsions because it really has to be on them. I'm a a big believer on that, but you as a parent of a toddler, a preschooler are pretty much a big role in the OCD loop. So most of the time, little kids want you to complete that loop by either doing what they say or finishing what they want you to do. They don't normally develop independent compulsions until they're a bit older. They might have their own compulsions separate from you, but a lot of it probably has to do with you. And that's actually really good because if you can educate yourself on OCD and you can be firm and don't feed into it, you're going to be really helping your child neurologically. And you're going to be helping them change their biochemistry before it's even fully developed into OCD. That's pretty awesome. I think if you haven't, you should read brain lock because that's by Dr. Jeffrey Schwartz. And it's very uplifting because it talks a lot about neuroplasticity and how to alter the chemistry of the brain and specifically for OCD. I mean, it's not going to be related to toddlers at all, but I found it really uplifting and hopeful, and it might help encourage you to stay on the path that I'm talking about because you'll understand how it's impacting the brain. Lastly, you could set up challenges. Um, You have to really feel out your child. I definitely recommend this for older kids. I mean, that's like treatment protocol. Um, I call them challenges. They're also, you know, like exposure exercises, like ERP, that kind of thing. When I talk to kids, I call them just challenges because they're challenging. And what you're doing is exposing your child to something that is kind of against their OCD to fight back. Now with little, little kids, you can set up really tiny challenges, like when they want the red cup and it's, it's more rigid than your average toddler. You can say, let's, let's squash Mr. Bossy. What about we take the blue cup just to have a challenge? Or you know how you always wash your hands like five zillion times. Let's go touch the top of the toilet and then let's not wash our hands. Now, if you have OCD, that might be really hard for you to do as well. So then it would be good for you to get help because you guys can get help together. And it's really hard to help your child if you have the same type of OCD as your child, then it's really, really tricky. So that was kind of a quick version of what I would want to share, but I hope that you got some tidbits that are helpful and you have an idea at least of how to at least start helping your child with OCD, even at a young age. If you have a child with anxiety or OCD, and I have not hit a topic that you're waiting for, and you're like, when will she talk about this? I need help. Either join my private Facebook group, and you can post a thread there that goes directly to me, or you can go to my website at anxioustoddlers.com, and there's a contact button, and you can feel free to contact me and specifically say, you know, Natasha, for your podcast, could you talk about this? And it really needs to be about anxiety or OCD. I do some typical parenting topics, but because, you know, even if we have a child with anxiety or OCD, we still, we're all still parents. So once in a while I'll sprinkle something because I feel really motivated to talk about something, but mostly it's going to be a theme related to anxiety or OCD. So if I haven't hit something that you're struggling with and you're waiting, don't wait go ahead and contact me. You're not bothering me. Just say, Natasha, can you talk about this on your podcast? If you don't say talk about this on your podcast, I won't know that you actually want me to talk about it in this forum. And I 
won't know that that's what you want. So (laughs) I didn't really, I didn't sound very smooth, but you know what I mean? I hope you're enjoying my podcast. If you are, and you're listening to it on iTunes, you can click a star and that lets other people know how you feel about my podcast and lets me know how you feel about my podcast. If you have a few extra moments besides hitting a star, you can leave a review. I love those. I read those and I want to start reading them to you because I want to show my appreciation for people who take the time to write them. So I want to say thank you. And you guys never have normal names. So I want to thank Pigs Rule. Pigs are kind of cute. So I understand that Pigs Rule. But I do appreciate, she wrote, ever since I've stumbled upon anxioustoddlers.com, it's really changed my perspective on my son's issues. He's almost seven, and I wish I found Natasha earlier. I listen to an episode every day, and after only about a week, I've already gained so much knowledge and insight. Thanks so much, and I look forward to more episodes. Thank you for leaving such a really nice review. I really appreciate that. And I'm surprised you haven't gotten sick of listening to me if you listen to me every day. If you want to leave a review and have it read out loud, feel free to do that because I really appreciate it. It's great feedback for me and it's great feedback for other people who are looking for podcasts. Because if you're like me, like I consume podcasts and I always read the reviews first because I want to know, is this worth my time? So you're helping everybody. I hope you have a wonderful week and I hope you find the sparkle in everything you do. Until next Tuesday, I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more tips and parenting support, visit anxioustoddlers.com.